keep it together? Can we keep it together? What? Remember when we were supposed to go see Guster? (laughs) And then there was a pandemic? Like late March of 2020. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I do remember that. Sad times. I think they came back recently. Truly the biggest uh, trauma of the <laughs> pandemic. Is that we didn't get to we go to our nostalgia concert. See Guster, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pelosic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is. DVD Deathmatch! Hello! Hello! Hi! Hi! How are you? I'm great! Okay! (laughs) How are you? Good, really good. Good. Everything's great. Yeah. We're back. We're back. We took a week back off. Back on the old airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got a little busy with just like random shit. Yeah. And listen. A lot of like, oh, I need this night to do this. I need this night to work on this. We don't we didn't have a night to watch a movie. We didn't have a night to watch two movies. Well we did, but we just didn't choose to do our movies for the podcast. How dare you? I've said it before. It was really <laughs> stupid of us to Come up with a premise for a podcast that requires three nights a week. Yeah, three nights and then a day. And then you, yeah, you a day to edit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take me a day to edit. It takes me like hour and a half, two hours, depending on. But of like focused attention, it's not like you can watch TV while you do it. Yeah, I can't do in in you know I've cultivated this this thing uh, along with a bunch of other people where it's like well you're never just doing one thing at a time. Right. You're multitasking at all times. But you can't multitask when you're uh, editing a podcast. You That's have to true. Pay attention. Although I have found ways to to do other things. Just com- <laughs> you started the podcast by just complaining about this podcast <laughs> about how hard it is. This podcast that no one asked for. No one asked that- for. No one wants. <laughs> <laughs> we really are down on this podcast, uh, but but the numbers are okay. People are listening. No, yeah. and and in all seriousness, I do enjoy doing the podcast. I we we have I do too. and listen, we have the weeks where it's like you know what, I'm not going to enjoy doing the podcast this week because I don't have time to do it, right? And I'm going to feel stressed out about it. And on those weeks, we have to give ourselves permission to say we're just not going to do it this week, and we do, and we did, and it was fine. I the think world th- went on exactly, and I think <laughs> I do think that like if someone was paying us for this or mm. if what it'd be different. Mm-hmm. But as a fun thing that you and I do together, that some of our friends enjoy. Exactly. Some of our friends say they enjoy. Mm. I think no, I'm just kidding. Um, and <laughs> that'd that be you- real weird if they were like just listening to be like. Well, we gotta we gotta have a talking point with Liza and Mike. Yeah, I don't think anybody's actually like hate listening to this. Yeah, why so would if you, you are hate listening, please don't. You don't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's very sweet of you, yeah. but you don't have to do that. Yeah, my heart is full of love for you. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, if we were getting paid or something, it'd be like one thing. Or if we had sponsorships, or if we were part of a network or anything. But as right, a fun activity right, right. that you and I do together, as like an excuse to go through our dumb DVD collection. Love it. Beautiful. You gotta give yourself permission. Perfect. To take a week off if you need it. Yeah. Anywho's all. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any topics at the top? 
No, not really. But mm. we did. I do want to do a little bonus. You know how we talk about movies on this podcast? We do. I want to do a little bonus talk. Oh. Because we have not discussed the movie Kimmy, which we watched. Kimmy! Uh, which is on HBO Max, mm-hmm. directed by Steven Soderbergh, Soderberg. who we've talked about several times. Yeah. And so we I thought we'd do like very brief chat at the top about Kimmy because we never like talked about it afterwards, right? It's true. We didn't really talk about it afterwards. And we watched it uh, last week instead of watching one of our movies. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What did you think of Kimmy? I liked it. It was a it was a lovely little uh, pandemic film. Um, yeah. it, it was. Oh, it, real quick, sorry. Real quick, mm, the premise is mm, it's a uh, it's like a rear window kind of update mm-hmm, shot during the pandemic. Clearly, mm-hmm. woman in Seattle who works for an uh, Amazon type company doing the like like um, content moderation kind of stuff for a, for an Alexa type machine. Yeah, Kimmy. not content moderation. That's no, the it's like word. she listens to mistakes where Kimmy isn't delivering what the person is asking for and fixes the mistakes. Right, so it's, that Kimmy can continue to learn. Exactly. So she helps with the machine learning or whatever. And in that learning, so she's listening into these smart devices all across the country or whatever. Mm-hmm. She hears a uh, crime, a murder, yes. yeah. and then. You know, she like reports it, then people are after her, but she's got the copycat disease. What's it called? Agoraphobia. Agoraphobia, yes, from copycat, as discussed in episode, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, and so it's a, a tight thriller about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was interesting because, so we watched, what was that, what was the Jake Gyllenhaal 911 caller one? The call, right? Mm, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> That one was was also shot uh, in the pandemic and was very clearly shot in the pandemic. Right. Um, in that there are very few people in the cast. Is that not what it's called? No, it's not called The Call. The Call is a Halle Berry 911 movie. Oh. Uh, Which I think I've seen, actually. I think we've seen that, too. The Guilty, it's called. The Guilty. Sorry. Um, so, so, yeah, very few people on set, clearly. Um, it's all kind of one location. Um, and it felt like it was shot in a pandemic, whereas Kimmy felt a little bit less like that. There were a few more locations and it just, the way it was done, I think made it feel more like a, I'm putting, I'm putting quote fingers, low budget than a pandemic. Um, and the thing that was actually kind of jarring was like, you know, people in the background who had masks on. Yeah, that was cool. And I was just like, oh man, it was like cool, but also, yeah, also like real bummer. Yeah. But anyway, the movie itself, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really like tight. It was kind of like, um, uh, a whirlwind, but in a good way, like kind of like a, just go with it type of thing. Um, and, uh, Zoe Kravitz is amazing. She was great. She was great. Yeah. Totally great. Yeah. Kimmy. What do you think? <laughs> I was I was I don't know why I was waiting for you to ask. Me I don't know. Answer. You don't need my permission. Go. Um, uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I really recommend it. And it's mm-hmm. like if you if not that anyone cares, but if you're looking for like a, a Rosetta Stone skeleton key of like what I want movies to be, <laughs> I was like, everyone is- needs to know. <laughs> right? He said, no one cares or should. Um, but. Uh, but it was everything I love in movies. It was like 90 minutes. And I don't mean just like 90, like, oh, the length arbitrarily is the point. It's mm-hmm. like it 
was tight and had there yeah. was no like fat on it mm-hmm. and there was no you know what I mean it was just like no no excess I mean yeah and it was I don't know I'm like trying to be body positive <laughs> about talking about movies uh-huh. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, like to be fair, you use when you say there's no fat on it, you mean that in a negative exactly. way. Exactly, and fat I, is I not negative. That as so, I was saying, you know, so I, like, I, uh, I, I, all I movies are beautiful. I and, appreciate. Uh, I appreciate the language check. Um, no, no excess. Sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it was like really thrilling, mm-hmm. and it. Did the like new technology stuff in a way that was believable? Yeah, that yeah. was not cringy or anything. Mm-hmm. And Zoe Kravitz was great, and it was twisty and turny, and it had Buzz from Home Alone in it. Yeah, and what he more, was great. He's always great. If Soderbergh has used him before, I like love him. Yeah, I think he's so good. Yeah. Oh, sorry, he, not sorry. Go ahead, finish what you're saying. Sorry. He's in this. There's there was this Soderbergh miniseries. That came out a couple years ago mm-hmm. that no one saw. It was on HBO and it was called Mosaic. And mm-hmm. I think nobody saw it because it was billed as like a choose your own adventure thing before that was like more of a thing on Netflix. Mm. Um, I can't really remember how they did it. But anyway, I watched like the version of it that was not choose your own adventure. That was just like here, watch a version of it. And it was great. And he was like, he was, it was him and Sharon Stone were like the stars of it. Nice. Anyway, I loved it. I really recommend it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I was just going to say one of the things that I love is, is how they, um, display text messages. Cause the, I, for some reason That's that is something I'm thing. always yeah. looking for and always yeah. looking at and how people do it. And I think it's important. And I think that, uh, it can be done really well and it can be done really poorly. Yeah. Um, and I just really liked what, what they did with the graphics for the, te- for text messaging in this film, yeah. which was cool. Yeah. And, and like, I love a thriller. Mm-hmm. I don't love Again, I don't know why. This is a real shitty hot take. Oh. I don't love Rear Window as a movie. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. I really I find I've it. I've never seen it. I know, but I find, <laughs> it, I find it annoying as a movie. Oh. And <laughs> people love it and, 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 you know, I love Hitchcock and everything. But, um, you know, so like Rear Window updates are always like, oh, God, this shit. <laughs> we watched, What was that one? The woman in the... Oh, yeah, the woman, woman in the window. woman in the... No, that was know. bad. That was bad. But anyway, um, uh, but this was great. Loved yeah. it. Anyway, a little bonus movie discussion at the top. Yeah. Sorry. Why are you sorry? I don't we know. We literally do that every episode. Yeah. So that's our topic at the top is Kimi. Kimi. I really love Steven Soderbergh, man. Yeah. It's great. I really can't get enough. Work. Like, like, fuck. Oh, you know. You're a soda jerk. Soda jerk. Because what did we do? We watched, we watched Magic Mike, both Magic Mikes. Mm-hmm. And... I'm sure there was another one in there. Out of sight. Out of sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof, so good. Yeah, man. All right, anyway. Awesome. I love it. Um, you know what we did this week? Watch Kimi? No, we did that last week. Oh, what did we do this week? This week. I'm on this week. What did we do? We watched two movies. Two movies. Oh, man. This week we watched The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 from 2015 and A Simple Plan from 1998. Would you say we watched two movies for this recording, which we're doing on Tuesday, (gasps) February 22nd, 2022? Oh, my God. It all comes together. No, seriously, just very quickly, my nerd brain truly is all day. Just like, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. T-W-O Tuesday. 2-22-22 on a Tuesday. 
Oh my god! It's just mwah. and I saw this thing that like it's a it's a it's a forwards and backwards. It's like oh, it's a left to right and right to left and also upside down. Yeah, ambigram. Oh my god! Not to I be just, confused with ambigams, which is what our four year old calls M and M's. But yeah, I just like that really like uh, oh, I feel hot. When I think about that. Anyway. Wow, okay. Anyway. I had no idea. <laughs> Should we start with Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2? <laughs> yeah, a, a title that rolls so <laughs> trippingly off the tongue. The, the Hunger Games colon Mockingjay dash Part, part two. 2. From, oh, from 2015. Like poetry to me. <laughs> poetry. Absolute poetry. Uh, directed by Francis Lawrence. And our IMDb summary is... Katniss and a team of rebels from District 13 prepare for the final battle that will decide the fate of Panem. 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 Julianne Moore calls it. Panem. Panem. Um, Sure, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But also, like, if you don't know, if you literally don't know anything about this, you're going to be like, who the fuck is Katniss? Well, let's talk about that. (laughs) And what's Panem? Let's talk about that. What's District 13? So, this is the fourth Hunger Games movie. Mm -hmm. There were three Hunger Games books at the time, and they split. They did the thing that they always do now, or at least they, that was this has been the thing in franchises. Right. Take the last book, split it into two. Right. Release them a year apart. So even if the book does not justify splitting into two at all. Yeah. Um, and I seem to recall, just very quickly to set the scene, I definitely read these books. I definitely saw these movies. I really liked the books at the time. I have not done a reread. Maybe they're trash. Probably trash. I remember thinking... Everyone's so obsessed with Twilight, and I like Twilight, but The Hunger Games is way better. Mm-hmm. This was what I was thinking at the time. Sure. Um, and I remember at the time, even, I forgot where I was going, <laughs> but I got it. <laughs> I remember at the time, even, thinking, this does not need two movies. Sure, yeah. Doesn't need two movies. <laughs> so, there's that. There's that. So, but let's talk about that. So the, this is the fourth movie in the series. Mm -hmm. And when this came up, you and I were talking about it, like, do we watch all of them? Right. Or do we just go in clean? And I, so I had seen these all, these, these all. I'd seen these all. I had seen these all. Um, I'd seen all these movies. I don't think I read the books, although we talked about it. There's a possibility I read the first one. I can't remember. Because you suggested them to me and you told me what it was about before I read it. But that might have just been that I had heard about it. You might have just it. read it on a list or something. Right, I heard about it and said, like, this is the new YA thing yeah. that I think you'll, it sounds like something you'd be really into. So I don't know if I read the book, but I saw all these movies, mm-hmm. and but I don't remember them that well. Mm-hmm. And I especially don't remember the part two of the <laughs> third one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we talked about it, and... I decided at, at a certain point I was like, oh, you know what? Let me just watch the first one, right? Like part one, Mocking Jay part one, mm-hmm. and then I got like thirty seconds in, and I was like, I don't want to watch this, <laughs> and so I turned it off and decided to, you know what? We're gonna go in clean on clean. the Hunger Games colon Mocking Jay dash part two, mm-hmm. and see if it works on its own in any way. It does. You know, and I'm not saying if it doesn't work on its own, it's a bad movie because right, everyone because knows not, what this is. Yeah, and it's not, it's it's very clearly not meant to be viewed on its own. Right. 
Um, and I and I don't mean like to be like, well, does it, but it must function as its own unit yeah, no. in order to be cinema or whatever. And it's like, no, everyone going in knows what this is. Everyone knows that it's being released as its own movie, but it's part two of a, of a you know series or whatever. Mm-hmm. Part two of a th- third part <laughs> in a series. Uh-huh. Um, so watched it clean. Yeah. Gotta say, though. Mm-hmm. It kind of works okay on its own. I was just going to say, I feel like the conclusion here, however, is <laughs> yeah. that it does. Now, obviously, there's, there's, you're missing backstory of how we got here. Right. Because it does start, especially part two, starts in the middle of a revolution. Right. It's just about the last stages of a revolution. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a good movie in, in that <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, like, if you haven't seen, like, seeing all the ones before it helps it as a movie, obviously. Yeah. But it's not like it doesn't, it's not like it doesn't make any sense. It's right. It's, like, pretty easy to follow. Yeah. You know exactly who these people are, what they're doing. Yeah. All that stuff. Like, the, the conflicts are pretty simple. Not simple, but, like, the the char- who the characters are and who's fighting who is all pretty right. easy to get. Yeah. So it's not, if you, if you, for some reason ever find yourself only watching The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, I think you'll be okay. Right. You won't be completely lost. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, uh, okay. Should we talk about the plot? Can we talk about the plot? So, I mean, again, if you don't know Hunger Games at all, (laughs) let's start with that. So, Hunger Games, the premise of Hunger Games is it's post-apocalyptic America. Right. Um, and what's left has been divided into 12 districts, right? 12 districts, um, numbered, they're all numbered. So, and our heroine is Katniss from district 12. Each district is responsible for some sort of whatever, like agriculture or whatever. Right. Um, and then there's the capital and every year they hold something called the hunger games, so that whatever happened to that in in the pre-apocalypse uh, <laughs> doesn't happen again, and every district district has to send two children into an arena to fight to the death. Right. <laughs> um, and it's like once you turn eleven, I think your your name is entered into a raffle in your district, and they pick two. Um, and the people in the capital are rich and have money and spend it on frivolous things and, and look ridiculous and whatever. And the people in district 12 are very poor and, you know, they wear brown things, right? Like it's just, it's very like on the nose, <laughs> yeah. what have you. And so, Oh, good. No, what were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say like, so by the time we get to this revolution, movie, yeah, they, it's, they've been, Katniss has been through the hunger games twice, twice survived and become a hero of the revolution uh, uprising, like underground movement right. that is Be- trying to overthrow the capital. Right. And and the face of it, like this is a world in which, um, especially with the Hunger Games, everything is very crafted for television. Right. Um, and it's, you know, kind of clearly a comment on like social media and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And propaganda. Um, propaganda, yeah. exactly. So she, she, she is the winner of her Hunger Games and the, the second one she has to go into. But uh, she also just becomes the face of the revolution. Right. The Mockingjay, um, if you will. Yes, which is an animal in this world. <laughs> but uh, 
Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, at some point in the series, we discover that the, uh, kind of ghost stories of a 13th district that lives underground and are the rebels are true. Oh, yes. I didn't remember any of that. Yeah. 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 So that's really how, good. so that's what, like, I can't remember where in the series it happens. It might be in part one. It might I bet be it's in part that. one. Yeah. Um, but we discover that they exist right. and, and the uprising is coming. Right. Um, so, so that's kind of where we start. Part two is that the uprising has started and Katniss was captured, but then she was rescued by district 13. Right. But she, but, uh, who was also rescued in part one of Mockingjay, I think. Mm-hmm. Is so the it's all this is happening, but the real like conflict at the heart of it. Well, is the, it's a young adult is novel, the love isn't it? triangle. Yes, between Keatness, 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 Katniss, Pita, and Gail. <laughs> and uh, and um, Gail is like Gail is played by Hemsworth, Liam, Liam Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, and Gail is like her bestie who like before everything happened, she would go hunting with all the time and. You know, he's very tall and strong and very manly. Right. And then PETA is played by... Josh Hutcherson. Thank you. I was like, I'm not going to get this guy's name. Um, And he is the baker's son and is like kind of nerdy and like whatever. But that's who she goes into the Hunger Games with. So she leaves Gail behind to and says, take care of my family. Goes to the Hunger Games and survives the Hunger Games with PETA. Um it's all about Peta or Gail. Peta or Gail. Are you team Peta or team Gail? And well, so, are you team Peta or are you team Gail? Gail, obviously. I, I wow. said this. I said this while we were watching. Team Gail, wow. <laughs> yeah, I said this while we were watching it. I was like, this is a choice. Not because, like, A, one of them. Well, why is, do you say that? Yeah. Well, and th- they're both fine actors. But as they are portrayed in the movie, and as they, like one of them is objectively hotter, and seems like interesting, <laughs> seems uh, like, and also in this movie, Peta has been brainwashed and is trying to strangle has strangled her at the end of the first. Like you know what I mean? He's like mm. a he's a uh, he's been tortured, right? Exactly. In like into thinking that Katniss is not. Katniss is not real. Right, exactly. So, it, but it's like that's the that's the YA part of it is like uh, they're they're in the middle of this revolution and it's like, well, who's she gonna kiss though? You know, <laughs> who's she gonna uh, smooch on? The answer is both of them. By right, the way. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I mean, that's fine. It's YA stuff. I don't be. Gr- I'm not like this isn't gritty and real enough for me. Or, you know, <laughs> what I mean? like, it's fine. It's fine. It is um, surprisingly violent. This movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, not, like, bloody gory, but there's a lot of explosions. There's a lot of people who die yeah. in, like, pretty horrific ways. And I think that's honestly what I loved about the books and the movies in general. Like, that concept, the, the horrific concept of um, a raffle to send one of your district's children into a, a fight to the death with other children. Also, like, the arena that they're in is built to kill them. Right. And it's like, oh, sorry. And the Hunger Games are like televised right that's part of it for like so it's like a sport especially right. for the people in the capital who are rich and they're just you they know. love it um but yeah it's I, I you know i i eat that shit up yeah i mean i think i think it's violent in that like 
rated P- PG thirteen way or whatever. There's no like well, you it's were not saying like hardcore, but no, it's but like, like you were saying, there's no like gore. Yeah, but it's like a weird. Yeah, it's that weird disconnect for me that I have with the Marvel movies too, where it's like they are hyper violent but bloodless. Mm. You know what I mean? And like in this one, especially, there's like horrific stuff where the violence is the point, especially in, at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where like, oh, a lot of people die and like whatever. And it's mm-hmm. supposed to be really, really bad. But yeah. you don't see any of it. And I understand. I Again, I understand why <laughs> I'm not being like, oh, I wanted to see limbs and blood and all this. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I don't yeah. care. But it doesn't like, it's just a weird, it makes it for a, like, it makes for a weird viewing experience. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a weird uh, disconnector. You have to kind of like elide what you're, you, you fill in the blanks a little bit and mm. like, I don't know. Um, uh, a lot of, uh, great casting. Yeah. By the way, I can't believe we've gotten this far. <laughs> I haven't mentioned it. This is Philip Seymour Hoffman's last film. Right. Which is just like, Ooh. Yeah. I mean, uh, was he probably just collecting a paycheck? Yes. I mean, not actually. Cause he's Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was putting his yeah. all into it. Um, but you know, especially the thing that's exciting for me about it, it's like a, it's obviously a strange movie for this man who has done so many amazing things and so many amazing roles. It's a, a weird movie for him to end on. Yeah. The thing that I love about it is that reading the books, he is perfectly cast for that character. Like when it was announced that it was him playing, Plutarch, Plut- Heavensby. I think, yeah. Plutarch. Gl- 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 Glarbark, Jollybee. <laughs> the names in this are wild. The names though. are terrible. The names are like um, so, <laughs> I get it. They're trying to be like post-apocalyptic, but yeah, they're yeah. all so bad. Yeah. But when I, I remember when it was announced that he was playing this character and I was just like, oh my God, that is perfection. Yeah. And I was very excited about it. Um, so I, you know, I love it. I love it. Well, I, I think it. I think when he shows up in this, mm-hmm. it's so strange to see Philip Seymour Hoffman without. And I'm not saying he's not acting here. Mm-hmm. I'm not. He's of course he's acting. He's yeah. not like it'd be weird if Plutarch Heavensby was the closest <laughs> to him that he'd ever played. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, I don't, this isn't a stretch at all. Mm-hmm. But it's so weird to see him without like some kind of like makeup or hairstyle or facial hair or glass, something to, to, to put you between you and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I know this is not him, Mm -hmm. but when he shows up, he's, he's just like, it's like bare. Especially in this one when he doesn't, by this time in the story, he doesn't have as much to do. That's very like, like in the first half, that character is a lot more like you get a lot more of what he is because right. he and was. He, oh yeah. Sorry, it's just no, a, yeah. very quickly. So his character is one of the people who designs the games, who designs the Hunger Games, the arenas. Right, and he works for the Revolution, and he's like kind of the it seems the games master, but like or games keeper or whatever they call them. Yeah. But kind of like the he's like the propaganda guy for the Revolution in a way. Is right. That, I, like that right? yeah. Well, it, and in part one, you don't know that he's on the side of the rebels. Oh, 
Oh, okay. There's a whole thing. Got with it. a pin and a blah, blah, blah. And then that's it. Um, <laughs> but he works for Alma Coin in this one. <laughs> yeah. Julianne Moore is leader of the revolution. Re- leader of the re- revolution and District 13. Um, but yeah, so you've got, so you, Julianne Moore is in this. You've yeah. got, I mean, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is Katniss and. Uh, yeah. She, uh, I, and I meant to look this up and I didn't. So apologies if, <laughs> apologies if I'm misremembering. Uh, but, and I like Jennifer Lawrence. I yeah. think, and I think she does a pretty okay job with Katniss yeah. in general. Cause that's a big thing to take on. It's like, uh, Kristen Stewart for Twilight. It's yeah. just like, here's a beloved thing. And if you fuck it up, people are going to hate you. Sure. Um, Probably gonna hate you even if you don't fuck it up. Exactly. Um, the the problem with casting Jennifer Lawrence is that one, she's she's too old to play Katniss, and she looks too old to yeah. play Katniss. Like yeah. from the beginning. Right. And you now said, we're on part four. Right. You said earlier, like, oh, they send their children into the thing. It's like, well, she and I don't. This is not like a comment on her or acting no. or even her even her body or anything like that. I don't no. mean that. I just mean like. She didn't never read as like a child. A child, right. exactly. And Katniss, I think, is fourteen or something. Right. And um, when when we start, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there's so there's that. There's also the aspect where Katniss and the people of District Twelve are described as having olive toned skin, oh. which like. Jennifer Lawrence does not have olive toned skin. I have olive toned skin, <laughs> but Jennifer Lawrence does not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was. I I remember there being a fair amount of of uh, you know kind of outcry about the whitewashing of Katniss and of the character of Finnick Finnick O'Dare, who shows up in this movie. Um, so very white cast. Yeah. yeah, Finnick O'Dare is supposed to be like black yeah <laughs> like people were like like when it was like oh phoenix in the next film who do you think it's gonna be people were saying jesse i can't remember his name from Grey's anatomy jesse hold on williams yeah 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 and and <laughs> he would have been perfect yeah like phoenix was described as dark skin and light eyes yeah. and it's like yes yeah, and, um, cast, and then they cast like this like elf. Irish kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, um, it's a very white cast. Very white uh, cast. Mahershala Ali is in it though. For yeah. Briefly, but this was before he was like, you know, an Oscar winner and, yeah. and all these things. So it, it was cool to see him. Yeah, Natalie Dormer is in it. Natalie Dormer. Yeah, there's as a couple well of Game of Thrones people. Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> yeah, like Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. So clearly the Game of Thrones. Thing. Gwendolyn Christie. Who, like, only has a couple of scenes, but both of us were like, is she trying to do an American accent? Yeah, I we can't tell. tell. I couldn't um, tell. Also, uh, Patina Miller, who's, uh, she's a big on Broadway. She was a uh, leading player in the revival of Pippin. Who's she in this? She's the one who eventually, no spoiler alert, she's in The Rebels. Okay, great. She's in she's, The Rebels. She's the black woman of The Rebels. Okay, great, yeah. Like, there aren't um, that many. <laughs> uh but back to Philip Seymour Hoffman for a second. Mm. It's what I was saying is like it's weird to see him without any kind of like of that artifice. Mm-hmm. And when he shows up in this movie, mm-hmm. anyway, he is like the first time he shows up, he's a very like I don't know if this is the character, but I think it's mostly just seeing him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, it works for the movie is that he's a very warm and like comforting person to see. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's almost like... I wonder if that's just us, though. (laughs) I think it might be. I think it might be. But even he shows up and you're just like, okay, 
like, you know, I'm in good hands. I'm in good hands. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And I think that's like, look, that's how, you know, that's how, and that works for the story too, because mm-hmm. she needs to feel comforted at that moment that, you know, she doesn't know who to trust. Yeah. And she's with these District 13 rebels. And then throughout the movie, like, she does, still doesn't know who to trust, and that trust gets flipped on its head and all that stuff. Um, it is a shame that this is his last performance and he didn't get to finish this last performance. Yeah. Because you can feel, and they do a pretty good job with it, mm-hmm. but you can feel in this movie most of all that there's a there's one scene he's just not in that doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense that he's not in. Yeah. Although they do play it off a little bit because it's like, it's a climactic scene there's a there's a rift but I don't want to spoil anything although yeah, who cares yeah. but there's a rift between him and the leader of the uh the rebels. revolution yeah. Julian Moore Alma Coyne so I'm always going to say their names cuz they always <laughs> sound dumb to me um and so he's not in the room yeah which, for appearances which kind of makes sense but doesn't really make sense it's right. clearly whatever oh and then there's yeah no finish what no and then there's the scene in the end where woody harrelson literally walks into a room and reads a letter from philip seymour hoffman's character yeah which again they explain away like oh he can't be seen here all this stuff but it like doesn't actually make sense yeah um so it's a shame that he's not uh, there. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, well, one I was just going to say, apparently it's just those two scenes that he missed. Oh, okay. It was, it's literally the letter reading scene and the last scene where yeah. they did some CGI magic. Um, and oh, those are yeah. the only two scenes that he had not filmed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but then also the, oh, my, oh, a minute ago was like, oh yeah, Woody Harrelson is in this. <laughs> Cause I always forget again He's such, for that character, yeah. he is the perfect casting. Yeah. His hair is stupid, but yeah. His hair is dumb, but <laughs> I, that might not be his fault. It's definitely um, not his fault. Uh, we also Elizabeth didn't mention, Banks. Elizabeth Banks. We also didn't mention Donald Sutherland, who plays... Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? President Stone Snow. Snow. President Snow. <laughs> so sorry, I hate it. Um, and he's the like the villain, the leader of the Capitol, whatever. And he's, yeah, great. he's great. Yeah. Oh, Stanley Tucci. I mean, this cast is stuck. Well, Stanley man. Tucci and Elizabeth Banks. Stanley Tucci more so. Sorry, is only in one. Has like it's like a in cameo appearance yeah. in this one because he's such a big part of the earlier ones. Yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird one. It's a weird series. I agree with you. I remember thinking at the time like. I, I mean, I'm not like, oh, they're ruining the Hunger Games, which I didn't read. Mm-hmm. But, like, just being like, oh, this doesn't really work as well as you want it to because she seems older than the text of the thing says she, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I also remember thinking, I didn't have a problem with this one. I thought this one had some cool set pieces and looked really cool. Mm-hmm. The part where there's a, there's a part where an area they're in floods mm-hmm. with something that, like, is legitimately like a trap. cool and yeah. scary. Um, but I remember with the first one thinking like being so annoyed about how cheap it looked Yeah, because the CGI and everything in it is, is not great yeah. and like it looks cheap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, at the time it was like, this is like the biggest book series in the world. Like at the, at this moment, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it was like Harry Potter, then Twilight, then Hunger Games. <laughs> um, and you guys got the rights to it, and you made this movie that was like looks like an episode of Battlestar Galactica or something. Like it was so annoying. I remember being so annoyed. Like it, you know, it was, and and especially it was just one of those things where reading it, my 
my imagination was like really, really seeing it and really feeling it. And like the way it's written is so well done that you can, you can see these pictures. So then to have the, the film fall so short in that way, it's like, come on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think like this movie, you feel, you know, let's talk about it as a movie for a second. Mm. Like, I think we said this earlier, but it could have all been one movie. It would have been maybe been a long movie. Yeah. But there's a point in the beginning when it's moving, like, really, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, it's got a real flow to it. Mm -hmm. And then everything just stops for a while while they all talk to each other in rooms about how they're feeling. Yeah, there's a lot of talking. And I (laughs) understand, like, some of that is great. And, Mm -hmm. like, I understand that. But it just felt like they were padding it out at a certain point. The movie's long too. It's like 137 minutes or something like that. Well, they have to make it worth a year wait. Right. It's crazy. Um, Oh, off the names, I wrote this down because this is a theme. We've talked, we talked about this with uh, Willow Uh where you, it's like you walk into one of these things Mm -hmm. and you either buy it or you don't when they start talking. (laughs) Cause there's the line in Willow and I can't remember what it was exactly, but Mm -hmm. we talked about it on the episode where it goes like our forces are taken in Galadorn or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, I remember like being like, Oh, that's a little bit of a, like it's goofy. Yeah, exactly. It's a little goofy. Literally every name in (laughs) the hunger games sounds like that to me. sounds like Galadorn. Yeah. They're like Katniss Everdeen and Pito Malark. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Like if, if, the apocalypse comes, we're not forgetting names. You know what I mean? Well, it's not that we've forgotten names. Names have evolved into something else. No. It's, it's this, you know, names do that. No, they don't. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, several children named Khaleesi would <laughs> disagree. Um, are, are children with the most 1920s old lady names that have ever existed. Um, yeah. The, all of that being said... I had fun watching it again. It Good. made me want to watch the other ones. Right. Like I was like, "Ooh, is it time for a Hunger Games rewatch?" Yeah. Um, and like I said, I really liked the books, so this this whole series will have a, a little a little corner of my heart. Sure. Um, and I think, and I, and like we said at the beginning, I was I was truly shocked about how well it worked on its own. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought I was going to be fully lost, and yeah. I was not. Like, you were like, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I was like, I'm not going to have the answers, because <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but, but I don't I also, think there like, were too many issues with that. Yeah. It all felt very, like, I don't care about the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I don't care about these movies. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. But like, no, no, right. but like, And so watching this, I was like, sure. You yeah. know what I mean? The whole time. I was like, sure. I do think there's interesting stuff going on. It's it's weird that this was a YA series, and not just because of the like, like the part subject where it's yeah, the, well the subject matter of like oh we're sending our kids to fight each other. It's like mm-hmm. well that's like that uh, that makes sense to me as a YA series because it's like grabby and violent and fun. It's like vampires, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, oh, yeah. They're going to do a YA series of vampires. It's like yeah, of course they are. It's like violent and grabby and fun. Right. Um, but where this series goes is like is weird in the revolution way but then the counter revolution being it's you know it becomes about like counter revolutions and how they're corrupt in their own ways mm. and 
all this <clears throat> this stuff. There's some stuff towards the end that's like, oh, this is what like uh, <laughs> this is what like nine eleven conspiracy theory people think is real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's interesting in that way. That's all. That's that. That was my final point. I don't know. Did you have a f- final thoughts? Final thought. No, that's my final thought. Is is that I, I liked it. I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was, you know, especially by this point, it feels like they have the budget and the the manpower behind it to have the locations and the CGI and all of that stuff sorted. So yeah. it really is like a the only barrier is the rating. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, right. <laughs> All right. Welcome to puberty. I think. Um, Good point. <laughs> um, so so it, it it feels like you know the story that I read and liked come to life, which is what you want from a, an adaptation. You know. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. The Hunger Games: Colon Mockingjay Dash. Dash. Part two, yeah. semicolon, origins, <laughs> slash um, requiem. Did we look at if if there was any, like, extras on the disc or anything? Yeah, it was just some documentaries and yeah. stuff. It wasn't, like, anything, anything cray-cray. too exciting. Great. Um, Is it... Say it slower, because I have to look it up. I know. Available. <laughs> keep, keep going, keep going. I forgot Somewhere to put this that's not... On a disc. You can stream it. You don't have to waste time. Oh, yeah, time. <laughs> I know now. Okay. You can stream it on Hulu. 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 All right. Heard wonderful. of it? Wonderful. I have. Great. Love that. Great. Hey. Yeah? What? What now? What now? What's the connection? This is a special connection, I think. Ooh, special connection. <laughs> um, because it's our old pal Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. And it's the first thing I ever remember seeing him in. Mm. And it's with Bill Paxton mm-hmm. in the movie Twister. Twister, baby. Haven't seen it since the 90s. Yeah. In the 90s, probably watched it 30 times because I was like, this is probably the best movie I'll ever see. I've like maybe seen Twister. I In a very, like, everyone has seen Twister, so I have yeah. to see Twister, but I don't remember it very well. I feel like well. the summer of 1996 mm-hmm. was, like, was it was that Independence Day, maybe, too? ID4, baby. I think, I think the summer of 96 is, for me, anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, oh, important in cinema history. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, whatever the summer was when you turned 13 probably feels pretty important if you like movies and stuff. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah. So, like, that was a big one for me. Nice. Anyway, do the math. You can figure out how old I am. Oh, my God. I okay. know how old you are. <laughs> you know how old you are. Guys, it's his birthday. Not today. The day after this comes out. Okay. Everybody wish Mikey P a happy birthday. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. Our next movie is A Simple Plan from 1998, directed by Sam Raimi. Raimi! <laughs> Our second Raimi. Um, IMDb summary is three blue collar acquaintances come across millions of dollars in lost cash and make a plan to keep their find from the authorities, but it isn't long before complications and mistrust weave their way into the plan. Oof, that needs a rewrite. Also, our second Sam Raimi on Tuesday. Okay. All right. 
And we did Mockingjay Part 2. Okay. All right. Um, so a simple plan. A simple plan. This is uh, definitely one of mine. Yeah. You had never seen it before. I had not. And I... And I really, but it was definitely one of the ones where like every now and then I'd be like, oh, you should see this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> this is all long time. When we would do Movie Survivor Island. Yeah, Movie Survivor Island. Um, and I'm so glad that you finally got to see it. I'm yeah. so glad. I was so happy when it came up. I was so glad I got to see it again. <laughs> I, so, okay, we'll start. Cards on the table. Cards on the table. I mean, I think they're already there, <laughs> babes. Love this movie. <laughs> Every time I watch it, it gets better. Mm-hmm. And this time I was like, this, this is, I fucking love this movie, man. This is so good. Mm. And <laughs> it fucking rules. So, and it's also like, it's so, uh, I, it's so my shit. Yeah. Like, I love this shit. Yeah. I love a movie about a person who, th- I've said this many times. A liar. A yeah. liar and a person who thinks they're good. But they are not good. <laughs> Twist. Twist. They are not. They are not good. Um, so thinking about this. Do you ever feel evil? Do you ever feel evil? And this is also, so it's our second Sam Raimi after uh, Drag Me to Hell, mm-hmm. which we did an episode, I don't know. And yeah. then uh, it's our second Friends Find a Bag yeah. of Money movie mm-hmm. and it causes devastation in their lives and murder. Yes, but in a very different Very different. Shallow Grave was our first one. Yeah. And I love that that was a theme in the 90s (laughs) of just like, oh, we found money and then we're going to murder each other over it. Right. I love that. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm rambling a little bit, but the other thing about this movie that I find so fascinating Mm -hmm. with my own cards on the table Mm -hmm. is that one of my favorite movies of all time is Fargo. It is. And this is like... The same as Fargo in so many ways and different in so many ways. The and it's, snow. This, well, yes, the snow. That's one. <laughs> Let's start there. The snow. But Fargo is also... Jerry Lundegaard, William H. Macy, is a guy who thinks he's like the nice guy and mm-hmm. everything's perfect. But, he, but he's not. He's not. In fact, he might be the worst guy. Yeah. Much like Bill Paxton in A Simple Plan. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's so interesting that Sam Raimi and the Coen brothers, who, like, started their careers together, mm. and, like, you know, the Coen brothers wrote Sam Raimi's first movie, I think, and Sam Raimi produced, you know, like, all the, they started together in the mid-90s. They both made, like, very similar thematic movies about murder and money and blood and ransoms and things in the snow. Right. Very similar movies that you love, mm-hmm. that, that... You know, you think both of them are good. Yeah. Right. I only say that because of your thing where you like have an idea and then you hear someone else has a similar idea and you're like, well, never mind. And it's like, well, no, that person is not going to write that movie the same way you're going to write it. That's true. Yeah. If Sam Raimi had said, oh, my buddies, the Coen brothers are doing Fargo. I can't do a simple plan now. Right. We would have been robbed of a simple plan. Robbed of a simple plan. Um, uh, yeah. And I re- also, just to say, I just remember seeing this movie with my parents. Aww. It's so, like, so... My parents love, like, mystery novels and stuff. It's just so wrapped up in that shit. Yeah. I can and, see them. I can see them really liking this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Simple plan? Holy shit, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I don't want... I actually don't think we should go into any more detail about the plot of this film. Because yeah. I think... As someone who went in 
fairly clean, knowing exactly what the summary told you and what we've told you so far, I thought that was the perfect way to see it. And and, um, uh, to show you my hand, if you will, Uh I also very much enjoyed this film. (laughs) (laughs) We did it, folks. We did it. Um, How many years was I trying to get you to watch A Simple Plan? I was I like, mean, you're going to love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just forgot. No, no, no. But so, uh, so right off, you know, from the get, uh, highly, if you haven't seen this film, I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, it's really wonderful. Uh, the cast is very interesting. You've got Bill, Bill Paxton. You've got Billy Bob Thornton. You've got Bridget Fonda. Yeah. Well, um, let's go one by one now. Mm-hmm. Bill Paxton. Yeah. Legend. <laughs> okay. Love him. Okay. I'm obsessed with his voice. His voice is very... Because he's, you know, everyone knows him from Aliens as like, game over, man. Yeah. That guy. Or like Titanic. Or Titanic, exactly. And if you love Bill Paxton under duress, like I do... <laughs> Get ready. This is the movie. This is the movie. Um, and then Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. Not to cut you off. Please. But please I have so many notes about Billy Bob Thornton because I feel like, for some reason, the only other film that I can conjure up that I that that I know well enough and, and that says Billy Bob Thornton to me mm-hmm. is Bad Santa... Right. Um, and so in my brain anyway, that's the kind of character that Billy Bob Thornton plays. Yeah. And that was later in his career um, than Simple Plan. Uh, right? Uh, yeah, just a year later, I think. Yeah. Really? Or maybe two years or something. Oh, my God. That is what I see when I think Billy Bob Thornton. I think kind of like dirty, disgruntled, grumpy, yeah. whatever. And that is not what he's doing in a Simple Plan. And it is the most endearing beautiful performance I've seen in such a long time. And I was just like, how did I not know that he was capable of this? Right. This is what he was for so long before he got like, before like love actually and and bad Santa. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, He was like his first movie, which I saw. And I, I, as a kid, like when it it was sling blade where he played um, a handicapped guy who like gets involved in a, uh, like, I don't know, a kid's life and defends him against his stepfather, I think. I can't really remember. I'm really butchering the plot of Sling Blade. But it was <laughs> like he you. made the, he directed that movie. He made the short. He's acted in it. I think it got nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a no-budget thing. Mm-hmm. And so he came up out of this like weird indie, like, who's this guy? And then very quickly after that, like A Simple Plan comes out. He gets nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this, mm. which is totally warranted. Like, Who won? Um, James Coburn won for this movie Affliction, which I have not seen, which I think is a mm. Nick Nolte, Paul Schrader movie. Mm. Um, but he was up against Ed Harris for Truman Show, Jeffrey Rush for Shakespeare in Love, and Robert Duvall for Civil Action. I have not seen Affliction, mm. so this is unfair, but I think Billy Bob Thornton in this movie is like so... It's incredible. It's so... It's, it is beautiful. It's naturalistic, too. It's like yes. It's like he has these little... And I mean, I don't... Again, we're not going to give anything away. Yeah. There's a scene, and it, like it's about it's like a ten minute scene mm-hmm. about h- halfway to like three quarters of the way through the movie. It's the scene where they're getting drunk at the guy's house, mm-hmm. and then you know what I mean, like, yeah. and it's just very long. Mm-hmm. And the turns in that scene, the like 
the subtext of it and then the like tension that's ratcheting up in it is insane. It's and Billy Bob so Thornton good. is so good in it. And and what's the other guy's name? Because it's Bill oh, Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, and Brent Briscoe. I want to say, but that, I might have made up a cowboy name. Hold on, Briscoe sounds right though. Brent Briscoe, yeah. Brent Briscoe, he's great. He's incredible as well. Yeah, and he's. It's just so funny because it's not like he doesn't work. You look at his IMDb; he's done a ton of shit. Yeah, he's like a but he's really not, working guy. But he's not like famous like the other two are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's just a really interesting uh, thing to watch because he is going toe to toe with these other two performances and having no problems, but he's just not so good. It's it's so it's weird, but yeah. it's really great. He's incredible. Yeah. Um, and Bridget Fonda is all up in there, Lady Macbething it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We I watched the. Roman Polanski Macbeth last night. You and, did. And, yeah, right, which is like, what are you doing, Mike? Um, <laughs> but then to watch this right after, it was really funny. But yeah, yeah she's great. Yeah. She's married to Danny Elfman, who did the score for this, which oh, I did not know. Fun fact. Interesting. Fun fact. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, you mentioned, I mean, we'll just talk about like in very general terms, because I agree with you. I like love this movie. I think it's great to watch uh clean yeah um the guy who wrote it scott smith i want to say he wrote the novel and then wrote the screenplay yeah um it feels very much adapted from a novel you know his only other novel is what the ruins oh shit remember the ruins yeah that was a great book and a pretty good movie pretty okay movie yeah not a great great premise for a movie not the best executed but also like I, I think we liked it more because we were like going to Mexico. We were reading so it in much Mexico at yeah. the time. And exactly. Like, yeah. 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 Um, here's something yeah. about this this movie, this story, the plot. Um, and I don't think this is ruining anything. If I think it is, I'll put a skip ahead here. Sure. Um, but I don't think it is. Uh, the note I have is it is crazy to watch a plot where everyone's just. Telling everyone everything. Yeah. That does not happen anymore. If this movie was made now, there would be secrets, withholding, like every twist and turn. Because it's one of those things where one lie begets another lie begets another lie begets another lie. We have to do this to cover up that. We have to do this to cover up that. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. right? Right. And if it were made now... You, the three people involved, there would be alliances made, there would be people lying to one another, and there are almost no instances of that. It's like, it's like Bridget Fonda, Lady Macbeth, something to Bill Paxton, and then he immediately goes and tells Billy Bob Thornton. Right, who then and tells it, the other guy. Yes, and, and it's just like so crazy to watch something and not be doing the thing where you're yelling at the TV. If you just told him right. what was happening... This wouldn't be a problem. But that's the thing is that in this movie, everyone, for the most part, almost throughout the entire thing, Mm -hmm. acts like you would act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. If you actually, you know, because we said this in the plot summary, came across a ton of money and had to decide whether or not to keep it Mm -hmm. and then decide what to do, they act, they they act, Bill Paxton especially, and, and the other two guys, they act how you would act. Which make which, but not really. Right. I, I wouldn't do what they do in this movie. Right, but it's also but it makes the, it more terrifying. Yes, because you, it's it makes you do that thing where you're like, would well, I? Would I do <laughs> right, that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. It's so it's so great. Um, there was 
uh, I mean, again, not to harp on how good Billy Bob Thornton is, but there, he literally, there's a point where he says one line and I burst into tears. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it was that thing that you hate with people. You, yeah. Yeah. You really hate that thing where people are mean to people. I, and, I and really do. Like, specifically, like, the, the thing in movies and TV and stuff where, like, oh, we made a bet that you're going to go out with this person or yeah, like that bullying, kind of like bullying, bullying stuff. Like, I really, cre- like secretive bullying kind of stuff. And I find it very upsetting. You really do. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote, it's like credible at all points in terms of people's behavior in a yeah. way that movies so rarely are. And it also has that thing I love, which is like just a, an allowance for little moments. Mm-hmm. There's such a weird, funny moment, and this doesn't give anything away, but mm-hmm. there's so many of these, especially with Billy Bob Thornton's character. Mm-hmm. Like Bill Paxton and Bridget Fonda are in like a Shakespeare play half the time where they're yeah. just like, ah! yeah. but Billy Bob Thornton is like this ambling kind of like realistic guy who you recognize you've met this guy whatever mm-hmm. and there's a there's just so many little funny moments with him yeah where he's allowed to kind of like be alive in that way yeah and one of them and i thought about it because it required the way it like it felt so naturalistic but then you think about the way the camera moves in it mm-hmm. and it's like oh that required like a fully different set to be built and a fully different actor to be cast because he walks into the wrong hospital room at one point. Oh my god, yes. And he just goes he just goes like and he says something like, Oh, I said, Whoa, like and then he says like I was looking for these people and he walks into the next room and the camera moves across, across yeah, like, the wall. Through the, like, wall, through the yeah. wall. And it was so funny because it's such a funny little moment that's nothing. Yeah. And it required all doesn't this. Doesn't mean anything, right. doesn't like add to the story other than to add to the like exactly. innocence and and endearment of this character. Exactly. Endearment? Endearingness, endearitude. That's not a thing. Um, <laughs> and he was like, like, you know, there's just so many good moments. It's a, yeah. We watched it today. We did. And we were saying it's the perfect winter movie. Oh, it truly is. That thing you were saying. so much snow. Whatever episode that was, it, it, a film that you that conjures winter for you. This definitely yeah. does, like, yeah. immediately. And, like, that sounds stupid to say, but... Because it's just, like, a lot of snow. But it is. It's, like, the whole thing just feels very, like... Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, dark dark nights. Long, dark nights. Yeah, long, dark nights. Shot on location in, I think, Wisconsin. Nice, nice. Um, um, another note I have is that with some slight adjustments, this would be an incredible play. Yeah. Like, I like I immediately... and And I think that really speaks to the screenplay and I'm sure the source material, although I haven't read the book, but like it's so you don't necessarily have to see all of the, um, the money, the murder, all of that to have the story be told, which I like, and I'm just sitting there and I like, I went on this whole, like I had to pull myself back from like this daydream of what this would be like on stage, (laughs) the cool things you could do and the amazing actors you could cast. Like, uh, like think about like Andrew Garfield playing (laughs) either one of those or Billy Bob Thornton's characters. That would be like a real, yeah, it has like that, like true, was it True West where like yeah. John C. Riley and Philip Seymour Hoffman switch yeah, roles switch and stuff roles. like yeah, that'd be exactly. interesting to switch roles exactly um, yeah it, it's 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 really like every time I watch it this time I was like oh I think I like this as much as I like Fargo like I really mm. do um, 
every time I watch it, it gets better. And I'm like, oh, I think this is like just one of my favorite movies. <laughs> like, I can't. It's great. I can't. Uh, there's a, there's, I'm, you know, I'll, oh, um, also Gary Cole shows up. Gary Cole does show up. Who, love, always good when Gary Cole shows up. Yeah, love that guy. He will forever be Brady, Mr. Brady. Yeah. You're the, you probably. That movie's just in my, that's like, uh, that's a core memory. Yeah. <laughs> for me, for some reason. Yeah. Office Space is the core Gary oh, Cole yeah, memory there for me. You go. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, off the snow thing that you're talking about. Mm. I was so, I got, I did get distracted at some points looking at the snow mm. and like how, how many types of, because it would, there's no CGI obviously, or maybe there's like. I think there must, they, like uh, there must, I think there were a couple of snow wing, active snow wing scenes. Right. There was some where it was like practical snow. Mm-hmm. There was some where it was like, exactly, like it looked like they got some real snow. Yeah. And then there were some where there was like an effect mm-hmm. on it that you could kind of tell if you were looking for it, but not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like watching it from shot to shot change sometimes was really interesting. I don't know. I was really like fascinated by the snow effect because <laughs> yeah. you, you fuck yourself production wise. If you're like, Hey, it's gotta be snowing half the time. Right. It's like, okay, well like it's going to be tough. Yeah. And they, I don't know, really, uh, pulled it off. Um, one of my notes just says more like a terrible ill-conceived plan. Yeah. You nailed it with that one. <laughs> And real quick, off the thing that you were saying about like people aren't people are just telling people things and it's mm-hmm. moving along. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mean to be like in my day, <laughs> but like you said, if it was made today, not only would it be that kind of thing where people just aren't saying the thing mm-hmm. so that there's a secret, but it's like, why is there a secret? Mm-hmm. It would also be an eight episode miniseries or something. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And watching... And then it would get a season two because it was really popular. Right. And yeah. But watching this, it's like, this is such a stupid thing to say, but it felt like you had you had all the character that you needed. Mm-hmm. You had so much plot in two hours. Yeah. And it moves like a shot. Nothing felt shortchanged. No. You know what I mean? It's like, it really is like the, the like, or example of... Just like, yeah, you can do all this in two hours. You can do all this movie, all this plot, all this character, all this stuff in two hours. I mean, and that, I think that I know why we don't, I know why so many stories are 10 episodes long and like so long now. It's like financial incentives and streamer right. services and yeah. stuff. Yeah, streamer yeah. service. The streamer the services streamers. are getting too big, if you ask me. Oh boy. Um, old man yells at Cloud. Yeah, time to put old man Mike to bed. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's just like such a great example of you. You get all the character you need. You get all the fla- local flavor you need. You get. <laughs> All and so much plot in two hours. It's like it, it really felt like watching a full season of a TV show. Yeah. In two hours. Yeah. It's yeah. It's guys. It's good. It's good. It's good. I I, I love it. Yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm really glad you liked it a lot. I like that really. I because I always thought you know. <laughs> I'm really glad you liked it. Good. I'm glad. You pointed out that it was very 90s that they were. That Bill Paxton had a big glass of milk with his dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like sat down for a dinner scene and he picks up his giant glass of milk and I was like, ah, yeah. the nineties when we were told that we had to drink milk or our bones would waste away by the right. time we were thirty. Does a body good. <laughs> oh, and the last thing, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling about mm. this movie, but 
the last thing is that it, so it's Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. This is post Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, Darkman, pre Spider Man, Drag Me to Hell, and soon to be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> Sam Raimi. Um, and I love Sam Raimi, but like I am not someone who I don't always. I, we I mean, we talked about this in Drag Me to Hell, I'm sure. Mm. But I'm not someone who like always loves his like over the top, yeah, like uh, craziness, yeah, for lack of a better word, like in your face uh, gore and stuff like that. Uh, not even gore, but just like uh, shock value, yeah. shock stuff, like yeah. dragging to hell, especially is dragging to hell. Like. But like you think about like the the most Sam Raimi shit of all time, except for that it's not gory enough, is mm-hmm. the uh, Doctor Octopus like coming alive scene in. Spider-Man 2, where, like, the things, there's, like, the lighting gets all crazy. And yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. tentacles are killing people and stuff. Um, and I, I, you know, I, it's like, I sometimes love that. Sometimes it's cheesy, whatever. I think this movie, that stuff is used so judiciously. Yeah, perfectly. And, like, I'm thinking of the, there's, there's a thing that happens in a kitchen. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's um, the birds in the plane. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just so judiciously in a way that I think it's so, it's like perfect. Like that yeah. stuff. So uh, I love a little of it. It goes such a long way for me. And I think like, it's like seeing when Wes Anderson made the stop motion animation, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh yeah. And you're like, oh, you should be doing this all the time. Yeah. This is where you belong. Yeah. And seeing Sam Raimi make this like pretty non gory thriller that then has those like crazy moments of tension Mm -hmm. ratcheted up is like his, for me is my favorite Sam Raimi. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's really great. It's really great. Yeah, thumbs up. Two thumbs up from old Elpo. <laughs> um, the disc has nothing on it. Nothing. It's a real like, oh, this was purchased in 1999 yeah. disc. Um, I think I got it used in Hoboken. Nice. Is it available? Great question. You should, uh, And I, I have an answer. I definitely didn't uh, not look that up before. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things that I have an answer to and that I love to answer. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to hear the answer. The answer man, they call me. Yeah. If they... you have Cinemax Go, it's on Cinemax <laughs> oh Go. Oh, my God. If you have Cinemax Go also, what's going on with your life? What's happening? <laughs> you okay? That's a that's a travesty. That's, it should be widely available. It should be. And it's, um, and yeah. You, you can, know, you, you can, Surely you can buy it for viewing, You yes? can and you should. Okay, great. Um, well... Well, we'd be breaking up a set with Hunger Games. I know this is a, that's the that's the thing that makes this a pickle. It's like, like I like Hunger Games, and I would almost be willing to be rid of it if it wasn't part of a set. Right. Part of a set and part of a trilogy. Right, and you will revisit. Yeah. But. Simple Plan. Simple Plan is amazing. Both love, both adore. Well, we could do a rule. We could do a rule. We could make a donation. We could... Hmm. I mean, those are our options. A rule <laughs> or a donation. We could give away the Hunger Games. You would give away the Hunger Games. Your brain would be okay with that. Yeah, because I don't care about the Hunger Games at all. We give away all the Hunger Games. and I. Well, like, we're not doing that. <laughs> 
But I also, if you want to make a donation or something, we could do that. Or we could do a rule. Why don't we do a rule? Let's do a rule. Okay, great. So in case you're a new listener, <laughs> we at some point requested a bunch of rules from our listeners that if we cannot decide on what to do, we have to pick a rule at random yeah. for something that we could do instead of getting rid of these two movies. And within these rules is the poison pill from our friend Adam that says that we were weak and we have to get rid of both, both of them. Both of them. <laughs> um, yeah, we need more rules, though, you guys. Let's, we do. Come on. Come on. Yeah, Send we don't have that more many. Rules. And some of them are like... A call for, for more rules, please. Some of them are goofy, so they're not real. Yeah. All right. Okay. How, what are there? Seven? Six? I think it's seven. Let me see. Rules. Seven. Great. Let's pick a rule. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between one and seven. A random number between one and seven is one. One. Okay. Our first rule is the Steve rule from Steve. 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 It is pick a random number and you have to get rid of that one. Oh, So this is no. in lieu of... Because we could not decide which movie to get rid of this week, we have to pick a random number, and we have to get rid of that one. From our whole collection. From our okay. entire collection. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 694. 694 is... From 1955, Killer's Kiss. I don't know what that is. I... I think I've seen it. <laughs> it's Stanley Kubrick's first movie, I think. Oh. And it may... I don't remember watching it. Okay. And I don't know if it's like a bonus disc on something else or regardless. Regardless. The fates have decided. The fates have decided that we're getting rid of Killer's Kiss <laughs> and we're keeping The Hunger Games colon Mockingjay dash part two. And a simple plan. A simple plan. Sorry, Stanley Kubrick. Maybe if you made better movies, <laughs> this wouldn't happen. Colons and dashes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the colon dash shining. <laughs> part two. Part two. <laughs> oh, they made the shining part two. I forgot about that. They truly did. That's weird. Yikes. Um, great. Well, uh, great. I'm happy. Sure. Great. I'll take it. What a weird concept for a podcast. <laughs> All right. Should we pick this next? Matcha. Let's do it. Pop, 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 pop. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 144. 144. Oh, our bud. 2007. Before the devil knows you're dead. Before the devil knows you're dead. Why'd you say our bud? Because it stars Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke. Oh, it does. Oh. And it's great. And I look forward to watching it. Yeah. I've seen that. We saw it in the theater. But I don't remember it at all. Well, per the perfect rewatch. We Is call that the perfect rewatch. Are they like Wall Street bros or something? We'll get into it. 
Well, can you can you just answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like, what the, you're like, right, but like yeah. I don't know. Why. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? You're really not gonna tell me? I'm trying to sort I out think, what this is. It's like they're. I think that uh, what it, it's. I think that Philip Seymour Hoffman is a Wall Street guy, but he's in debt, and there's a bank. Yeah. They're gonna rob their parents' jewelry shop. Yes. Okay, I remember now. And Ethan Hawke is a fuck up brother, and it's I remember like a, now. It's extremely intense. Yeah. I remember. Just chill movie. Great. Yeah. Great. Cool. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 1,121. 1,121, you say, is 1,121. 1,121, baby. From 2015. Uh-huh. Spy. <gasps> you love Spy. I love Spy. I think I, I, think I love Spy. I can't remember. I think you like like Spy, okay. <laughs> but I love Spy. Great. Oh, oh, that's great. And I haven't watched it in a while. Perfect. The perfect rewatch. She's excited, folks. She's excited. She's excited. Love great. it. Be- Devils and Spies. Devils and Spies. Devils and Spies, baby. Before the devil knows your spy. By the devil knows you're dead. All right, wrap it up. <laughs> it's, it's, we've been talking for hours. We have, truly have been. <laughs> um, great. Two, two great movies, I think. One great podcast. One. <laughs> uh, very different. Uh, can't wait to see how this uh, shakes up. I hope uh, you can't wait either. Hey, shakes listen. Up. Shakes up. Can't wait to see how it shakes up. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, it's my birthday week. You can't say that to me. Yes, I can, and I will. Listen, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the Wide Web. And I hope that you wish one Mr. Michael P. a happy birthday, wherever you can, and however you can, because he's a lovely man, and he should be celebrated. Oh, 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 he's avoiding eye contact. He's tearing up. Tearing up? <laughs> I am not. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, my tough exterior, my my rep. As someone who has never once cried. Wow. Uh, categorically untrue. I think I've cried on the podcast before. <laughs> Probably talking about like, oh, I really liked doubt. <laughs> true. Um, you know what? Come back next week and see who survives. DVD, DVD? Deathmatch. Deathmatch. <laughs> what did I jump in? <laughs>